This is Wrestling for the Faith. Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey. And wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who do we have? Hey, do you need a visitor's pass? I think I might from now on. I mean, people were listening to the show last week, and uh, you had Brother Brandon on, which was awesome. Um, better looking than me, obviously, kind of my twin, as he said. But, uh, yeah, dude, we're trying to pin down this new schedule for me. So we're, there's a couple of weeks I'm missing. Trust me, I hate it. I told you last night this is like my remedy, like yeah. therapy for me to be able to get on the podcast and talk. So, uh, but yeah, I'm Chad and I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) I, I used to, I used to hate that when you'd, you'd miss, you know, if you like, well, especially from like our line of work, if you was on the road for a couple of weeks, wasn't able to get to church for a couple of weeks. And you had that, that smart aleck church member who came up and said, uh, Hey brother, do you need a visitor's pass? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's good to see you've been laying out of church. You're like, no, I haven't been laying out of church. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I'm, I'm back this week. So we we're trying to pin it down. So I apologize for missing, but it's really cool. I mean, Hey, it's been different because you've had a couple of different folks on it. It was really cool to hear Brandon's input on youth ministry last week and just what they're pouring, what God's pouring in him and his wife's heart, man. I love, I love that guy. It's funny too. Cause y'all were talking about him. Uh, would you say for the first five years you knew him, he never said a word to you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but and it's true. Cause when I met him at the gym that one day, he was just real quiet. But then once you start talking to him, like, this dude's great, man. Yeah. He's a good, good, good soul. I love him. Yeah. Yeah. He used to be really, really shy. And I mean, I don't know what the deal was, but he didn't, he didn't talk to nobody. And it was, that was the running joke for a long time. I said, it was five. We were best friends for five years before he ever even talked to me. (laughs) Now look at him. That's, that's the proof that, you know, you and I spoken about how the Lord can take people that uh, folks that, you know, most would just look at and go, Oh, they're not really going to, you know, doing anything for the kingdom or whatnot. Well, I don't know why you would say that, but man, someone like him and his wife do what they're doing with the youth. Now, just the way that God's using them. That's yeah. man. That's just amazing. Yeah, it is. And uh, man, they had their first uh, youth Wednesday service last week and, you know, it was great. And they did it, you know, the old setting that we used to do when we were co-youth pastoring and uh, you know, we just kind of grouped up in a circle. And we're like, you know, teaching, but also questions and input. And, and, uh, I know my kids really enjoyed it. And I heard a lot from the other youth in the church. And that's the thing about, uh, that's the thing about our church, man. Uh, it's amazing. We have so many different varieties of people. I mean, you've got, you've got gray heads and it just trickles down. And then, I mean, we've got, I mean, we started with 10 or 15 youth, which in a small church like that, uh, you know, I know, I know big churches around here who don't have that many dedicated kids coming. And so it's just a blessing. And, and, uh, you know, we just felt the time was right. And the funny thing about that was when the Lord first set me over this church, I, um, me and Brandon, we were on our way to a show. And uh, I I just, I don't even know if I had told him yet for sure that, you know, that the Lord had had called me there. Um, You know, I know I'd preached the revival there and whatnot, but I I don't know that I had told him my conclusion of, of, you know, hey, I'm going to step in and and take over this church. Uh, But we were just riding to the show. And uh, I remember just casually saying, yeah, man, if, uh, if youth ministry ever, 
you know, uh, presented itself again. Do you, what do you, how do you feel about that? And he said, man, he said, I, I feel like that's what I was called to do. And he said, I, I believe, I believe that I would jump on the opportunity. And I said, okay, cool. And then, you know, we rocked on and we've been, you know, about a month or so. And then, uh, he comes to service. It's been, uh, well, it kind of all happened pretty quick because it, it was a couple of weeks ago. And he says, uh, we're sitting there before service starts, just chit-chatting. And he said, well, how's the youth doing? I said, oh, they're good. He said, well, uh, what are you, what are you thinking? You got to, what are you thinking about youth ministry? I said, well, I'm just waiting on you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm waiting on you to come in and help out. <laughs> yeah. Wait, oh, waiting man. on you to say, okay. Yeah. So, oh, man. He, uh, so yeah, it's, it's definitely been a, a God ordained thing. And I'm, I'm just praising the Lord for man. The thing that's amazing to me is we're a small church. And I told, I told the, the church, I believe it was last week. I said, we need to get, I said, I know a lot of you have a, a world view yeah. of our church. Oh, we're small. So we can't do much for the kingdom. And I said, right. get that out of your head because God, God can use anybody. And the amazing thing, you know, and I've, I've had, I've had people contact me uh, wanting me to come and preach. And, you know, I've told them, Hey, I would love to come. Um, and I'll come on, you know, if you're doing a revival or you want to do a special service on a, on a night, that's not our normal uh, scheduled church service. Sure. Uh, but right now, uh, what is happening in our midst? I just feel led to 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 be there and to to help steward what God is doing because we are experiencing a move of God that I have not experienced. Uh, honestly, I don't know if I've ever experienced it, and if I have, it's been many many years. And it's mm. not a there's no hype, there's no anything, um, and it's just it's the Holy spirit is really doing a great work. And I'm, I'm just so amazed at what the father is doing. And, uh, yeah, it overwhelmed. And I think you shared. Yeah, man. I think you shared a little bit of, you shared it with me for sure. You, you haven't really went in depth on the podcast about <clears throat> some of the just amazing, um, I guess, move of the Holy spirit that happened a few weeks ago with you guys. And, you know, I, I I'm not a fan of people saying, well, you know, cause I think you're right. We as Christians, sometimes we'll be a part of a small church and go, man, there's this really nothing the Lord's going to do here. It's not a mega church or whatever. And I always go back to the 12 disciples. What did, mm. what did these men do? What did Peter do? You know what I mean? He preached the gospel and what 3000 some odd came to, yeah. came to Christ, you know? So man, we can't have that. Cause when we do that, I feel like we're not only limiting ourselves, but we're limiting God. Right. As wild as that sounds, but that's just having, you know, that's just taking the faith and kind of putting it on the back burner and saying, well, he's, you know, for years I went, nah, the Lord can't use me. I'm a drunk. I'm an idiot. You know, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But you see what he's doing with with two uh, roughed up wrestlers all over the years. You know, he's got you in Tennessee. Um, you know, this past Wednesday, I was in Chatsworth, Tennessee, preaching uh, tomorrow, which is I'm sorry, Chatsworth, Georgia. Yeah, which is border of Tennessee. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, then tomorrow, Saturday, uh, July 30th, I'm, I'm uh, right outside of Royston, Georgia. So, you know, man, it's just amazing to sit back and see how the Lord can take that faithfulness, what is what she's doing with your church there and just causing just kind of, a, a, you know, just this ruffle in the, we talk about revival, man. That's really where it starts. You know, we can't limit ourselves by the numbers or what's going on. August 3rd, I'm preaching at a little church, truth and grace. 
in Hickory, North Carolina, where I'm from. And it's a dude, I'm, I mean, the first time I preached there is 15 or 16 people there, maybe 20. Yeah. And it's just, but it's a beautiful church. You feel the spirit in there. And it's one of those things where I'm like, man, okay. Cause they've asked me to come back a few times. So I'm like, all right, Lord, let's just see what, you know, what can happen here. So yeah, man, we can't limit ourselves. No, no. And, and we're, when we have the mentality of, well, uh, we're small, God's not going to do that here. You, like you said, you're limiting God uh, because God don't care. You know, you mentioned it. Jesus had 12 disciples. He chose 12. That's and right. th- those 12 turned the world upside down. But uh, there, his inner circle was even smaller. He had three. He had sure. Peter, Peter, James, and John. You know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's not necessarily about the size. And I think uh, in, in today's culture, we, we, we think bigger is better. Uh, but, hey, there's, a, there's an old saying in the wrestling business, uh, and I know we use it a lot when we're, we're working with young guys, hey, uh, less is more. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it don't, mm-hmm. al- it don't always have to be big. Uh, right. for, for God to move. And I, I'm just, uh, I'm praising God for what he's doing in, in both of our lives, man, uh, over a year ago when we first come together on this thing and, and just, I look back and I'm like, wow, where, where the Lord has taken both of us. Um, and it's not necessarily where we thought he was going to take us, <clears throat> but it's, uh, it's it's amazing to see how he has woven everything together and and put us exactly where he wanted us and just the the spiritual growth in both you and I and our families over right. the last year i mean he had this thing completely planned out from the very beginning yeah and even there's been like for me and and i'm probably could speak for you as well we've talked about this there's been like you know, the, the episodes where we were speaking on revival, where just felt like everything I read, every prayer I had was just this overflow. But then right now I'm kind of in this dry season. Mm-hmm. And, but I remember in my Lord twenties, when I would experience a dry season, that's when I'd fall away and go, mm-hmm. Oh, I can't hear from God. Like he's not there, blah, blah. But now it's one of those times in my life. And, and I know the Lord's working in me. We talk to our brother, Jason all the time where he's going, and he's going through the death of his father yeah. Just so many things in his life going on, but in this dry season where we see that I can tell we've grown speaking from my experience, because I continue to press in mm-hmm. when I wake up at 4am and I'm like, man, I'm reading, but I just, sometimes you don't get anything, but there's still this, that little bit of pressing in knowing that this is a season of being built. And, and that's just a huge difference of in my twenties where, you know, I would have a, an awesome whatever season, but then when a bad season would come, I'd walk away from God or whatever. It's different now, man. It's just like, I know that sometimes we're being built in those seasons even more. So it's, it's just a little, you know, a nugget for some folks out there listening. You're always going to go through, there's not always going to be a, you know, a, a Holy spirit, you know, uh, whatever party that's going on in your life. Sometimes there's going to be seasons where you're thinking like, God, where are you? But I, I mentioned it the other day in a devotional. I listened to my brother Clayton King preach a sermon where he talked about picking up the shield. Mm-hmm. And he goes, if you're experiencing dry seasons or you're the one that says God's not speaking to me or man, I just don't feel it. Open your Bible, you know, open your Bible. That's God's mm-hmm. word. And it's going to speak to you. And even if you think it's not, you're, you're the Lord's planting some nuggets inside of you, man. One day you go like, wow, dude, I, I didn't realize that in that dry season, 
he was he was building me up for this for this moment that he's called me to be a part of. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> we uh, the teacher teaches, mm-hmm. and then he sits down and he's silent while you're going through the test. Right. So, uh, you know, I've been, I've experienced many of those and, you know, I was, I was in one for basically a few years, um, up until basically January of this year. And so, you know, my, my word of advice to everyone is exactly what you said that you are continuing to do. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've had so many people say, well, I'm just so dry or I'm in this wilderness and I just can't feel the, the presence of the Lord. I don't feel like, uh, I'm getting anywhere. I don't feel like I'm taking anything in that I'm reading. Uh, I don't feel like I'm getting through when I'm praying. And my, my advice is always keep seeking, keep going. Yep. Even, even when you don't feel like you're getting anything out of it, even when you don't feel like you're comprehending, uh, keep going, keep going. Because like you said, those words are being hidden in your heart and, Mm -hmm. and one day they will bubble up to the surface and you'll start spitting them out and you'll realize, wait a minute, I I don't even recall. Wait a minute. That was from when I was in that season where I didn't feel like anything was coming. So he's got everything perfectly laid out, perfectly planned out. And, uh, and we've just got to be faithful and trust in his direction. And I know sometimes it, it can get frustrating. It can get hard. Um, but we've got to know that our father is good. Yes. Everything that he does, even when we look at it in our natural lens and we can't see what could be good or right about it or beneficial, uh, we've got to know that every step, every little bitty thing that our father does is good and it is right. And he's got it all worked out for the good of those who love him and are the called according to his purpose. Yeah, man. He's always there walking by our side and and just knowing that his arms are wrapped around, wrapped around me when I'm going through my seasons. Uh, That's the difference in my spiritual life now than early thirties, twenties, and Jason Justice, he, he texted me the other morning. I guess it was uh, Wednesday morning, matter of fact. And he was just talking to me about the season he's going through because he's got his ups and downs, and we're always reaching out to him. But he said he started to think about you know his relationship with his earthly son and how you know he would he would go through basically hell. He would go through anything to protect his boy, wrap his arms around his boy. And he said he was just thinking like the Lord spoke to him and said, "That's our Father. That's God. You know, He gave His Son Jesus, who basically crucified." And, and went through hell for us, man, to, yeah. to give us this relationship with the father that Christ had, you know? And it just, I was like, man, that's you know, it, Jason's insight. Sometimes you're like, he always says, well, I ain't that smart. I'm like, bro, you are a little, you're deep. So <laughs> it just, it, it made me start to think, man, like in this little season I'm going through, uh, everybody's got a certain season that, uh, you know, there's mornings I wake up grouchy and gripey, but I just, I just press in, dude. I just go, all right, Lord, you're good. You've pulled me through. Lord, you were faithful to me when I was doing drugs. You were still providing for me and supplying for me. You know, Jehovah Jireh, right? Yes. He's, he's our provider, man. And that's just like now that I'm living my life for the Lord mm-hmm. even more, it's like, why would he not continue to provide for me and wrap his arms around me and say, I got you. And I think what we're going through, you know, the season I'm in, just different battles we're going through. Like I've spoken to you and Jason and then Terry Skaggs, who's coming in to help us. And I'm not sure about Brandon and his wife, but I feel like we're all kind of experiencing some kind of uh, um, spiritual battle because 
August 12th through the 14th, we're going remnant youth retreat, dude. We got small group of kids we're bringing in. And first of all, Satan hates us. We're made in the image of God. He hates us. He hates what we're about to do with these kids because you can see he's having a field day. And we spoke about the modern day Babylon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's having a field day with these kids and he's like, no, you cannot pour into these kids because I've got a grip on them. And he hates us so much that dude, when we start to speak the gospel, he's going to attack us on every single end, bro. But listen, we talk about being the remnant. That's our tag team name, you know, yeah. for the time being, <laughs> for whatever time we got left in wrestling. But that's what that, that's what that remnant does, dude. They don't bow down to the culture. When there's attack coming, we put on our armor, we pick up our shield, we go to prayer, we're fellowship with our brothers and our sisters, and we're going to pour into this next generation. And we just got to teach them, dude, that what we're going through, they're going to face probably even more. Yeah. Um, but we just got to continue to pour into them about the father's love. Yeah. Their identity, as you've spoken about many times. Definitely. And and that's one thing, like you said, the enemy hates it. He hates, yeah. but because the, I believe me and Brandon talked about it last weekend. The goal of Satan right now is mass confusion yes. uh, because if you can confuse people about their gender, about their identity, about their, their calling in life, about all, if you can confuse them about everything, then anyone can step in and say, uh, no, this is not right. This is wrong. And, and this is what's right. And, and, right. you know, this, you know, and so that's what we're seeing with the culture. Uh, we hear the, the term thrown around our truth or that's, yeah, yeah. that's your truth. And that's, that's not my truth. Don't force your truth on me and blah, 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 blah. Uh, here's the thing. Jesus is the only truth. Jesus right. is the way, the truth and the life. And, and what comes from, from uh, the Bible is that's the truth whether mm-hmm. people want to accept it or not. And what we see is exactly what uh, one of the prophets ha- had said, that there was going to come a time where people would call good evil and yeah. evil good. And we're seeing it. And I mean, it's just, it's a, it's amazing how, how you can read through the Bible. I'm telling you, anybody with, with any kind of open mind, if you read through the Bible and you don't, grab a hold of it and say, wow, uh, this, this is real. This, this is literally the word of God. Uh, if you don't, if you can't do that, then you don't have an open mind. You're not right. You are believing what you want to believe because there's so many prophecies that have been fulfilled so much that is being fulfilled right before our very eyes. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a verse in there that says Satan has come down with a great wrath knowing that he has a short time left. And and that's what we're seeing right now. Mm, you, you're right, dude. We see it so much. I mean, you and I send each other <laughs> Twitter stuff, TikTok stuff every single day. It just makes me shake my head and go, man, if you only, only could taste and see how good this is and just open up this word. But the problem is too, I think that you have a percentage of Christians who don't believe that this is the infallible word of God anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many out there that are sh- whatever sugarcoating it. There's so many out there that's, um, you know, th- that says, well, it was written by man. So there's got to be some flaws in it. Like you can't have that attitude because once you start to let that seep into your life of, oh, this is just this was written by men. Yeah, maybe it was ordained by God, but written by men. Then you start to allow Satan to kind of 
just bust things wide open inside your life to where you, you start to not believe this word, man. And I'm lucky that are thankful that I've never thought that one time. I've always went, this is the word of God because there's been moments that we've read it. We've cried over it. We've prayed over it. And uh, I think that's a big problem too is, but you know, you talk about this, the church you're, you're overseeing right now. And um, we talk about that remnant because <clears throat> we talk about Elijah in the book of Kings, I believe it is where he ran and hid himself mm-hmm. um, for fear of getting attacked or murdered and all that stuff. But the Lord reminded him, no, there's, you're not alone. You know what I mean? You're not alone. So that, uh, that remnant this rising is the ones who are truly diving into the word, believing that this is the word of God there. Dr. Brown said it the other day on his show, like we have to go back to a prayer life. You know, we read and all this stuff, but, and me for sure, I can sit here and point fingers at myself. There's times where I know I need to be deeper in prayer, deeper in prayer for certain things, my family, my ministry, our ministry, whatever, like, trust me, I know. Mm -hmm. So I'm not pointing fingers in anybody without pointing all of them back at myself, man. But that's what Dr. Brown spoke about. We have to be, we have to be on fire for God. We have to be those ones that refuse to bow to the culture. We have to be in prayer. We have to be in the word. We have to be deep in the word because the deeper we are, you know, that's, that's where we're getting our, um, our weapons and our battle on them. And yeah. And, and talking about the Bible and the people who don't believe that it is, uh, the infallible word of God. Oh, well, it yeah. was written, it was written by men and, and blah, 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 blah. I want to, I've, we've talked about this before, but I want to read this and I just want to, I just want people to grab it and sink, let it sink in. <laughs> Think of this. The Bible is not just a book. Yeah. The Bible is 66 different books written in three different languages right. by 40 different men in three different continents over a 1500 year period. Yeah. Is that a coincidence? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, you you can you can say whatever you want. But I just do not believe that that is a coincidence. And when you put it all together, yeah. it all points and lays out God's redemption plan for man. That's it. I, I don't believe that you can grab so many different books from multiple authors who uh, many of them didn't even know each other, never met each other, and put their writings together and it all point to the same thing. I, right. I just don't. I mean, so people who want to refuse the Bible, uh, they just they want to believe what they want to believe. And that's what we see with society. They're so confused. They are so um, they're so focused on themselves, their own yeah. wants, their own desires. And I mean, it's a second Timothy three hmm. in the last days. Perilous times will come. And it talks, yep. it talks about men being uh, lovers of themselves, boasters, proud, blasphemers, uh, disobedient to parents, uh, uh, hate, uh, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I mean, we, we see this stuff out in society, and that ver- the verses that I just quoted, that was written between 66 and 68 A.D., okay? It's just... You look at this and you put the 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 times together. Okay, it makes absolutely no sense to say that this was not inspired by the Holy Spirit when somebody from thousands of years ago was predicting the 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 culture that we live in right now. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you got to think like the culture then was, was in an uproar too. I mean, but not anything like it is now you go to Matthew, what is it? 24, where Jesus is talking about the, the end times, the coming of the, the end of the days, the abomination of desolation. And it's just like, you see these things, Romans one, we've went over many times in a, in a past episode, go check it out. But it's just like, we see these things that are happening, you know, um, the pleasures, the lust, all these things that are going on in the world. There's no way. I mean, that you got old Testament, a lot of people steer away from because they don't understand it. But if you mm-hmm. dive into the old Testament, there's so many, there's so many prophecies of coming of Jesus. There's so many, you go to the book of Daniel, it's talking about the end times that you go into revelation, you know, Jesus speaks of him in Matthew 24. And there's just so much like intricate details that are woven together. And I've read some good secular books in my life, but never to the point of, of, details being so woven together they're all coming together in this one massive you know the bible and dude it's just um you see what's going on right now like people go how do you how how long you think we i was like well we've always been in the end times dr brown said one time ever since jesus was crucified died rose again there's always been we didn't know the time or place or hour Mm -hmm. but i feel like we are so close now we're much closer like i always not really pick, but I'm serious when I say, man, I think Jesus is up there just kind of tapping his foot going now, Lord, or now father, <laughs> now father, you know? And I mean, really, man, just what you see going on in the world, the mass confusion of identity, the mass confusion or the mass agendas that's going on in the schools and just the political side, even if you just want to look at that, I mean, one side's, I mean, openly demonic in a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, they haven't, they, so to the point of, they haven't come out and said, you know, hell Satan, but they're, they're openly protesting the murder of babies and sacrificing humans and just so much going on, man. And it's just, uh, <laughs> you can only think, and, and I can't fathom, like I talk to a friend of mine quite often. I go, how can you look at the world and just blow it off and go, ah, man, that's just the way the world is, man. There's gotta be, there's gotta be, what is it? A moral standard. There has to be repercussions for what's going on. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, um, it blows my mind to this for me to read this word and for somebody else who is a believer to read this word and for them just, just blow it off and go, Oh, that's just coincidence. Somebody wrote this book. I mean, they, even if they wrote this book 1500 years ago, they can't, you you can't predict all these things. You can't predict the the fall of the economy, the um, just what, like I said, a minute ago, the mass confusion of kids, you know, you got videos of these kids, uh, these, oh man, this gender problem going on. It's just, bro, there's one I saw the other day and I might've sent it to you where she was talking about, she has visions and dreams of like being a certain animal, but then she had visions and dreams of being a demon. And I was like, bro, that is straight up Satan. Yeah, That is Satan. And how can they not see this? They just laugh it off. Well, and I mean something, and, and I'm not, we're not talking negative about these people right. because there's some of them who have been so confused by uh, quote science and so confused by politicians and the government and, and just these, these satanic entities, uh, in the world, they, they have been so confused that, that they do have this, you know, some of them, they call it gender dysphoria. The thing is something that used to would have been considered a mental disorder and we would say, OK, you know, you know, we need to have these people counseled for this. Yeah. Uh, now they're saying, oh, you need to you need to just accept it. Dude, listen, I, I mean. It started with a man 
saying, well, I can become a woman. A woman right. saying, I can become a man. And now it's, hey, uh, I'm not a man or a woman. I'm non-binary. I don't have a sex or a gender. I'm, I, or I'm gender fluid. One day I'm a man. One day I'm a woman. Uh, one day I'm a cat. One day I'm a dog. Uh, you got yeah. furries. You got people who are saying, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a squirrel. I'm a, I'm a rabbit. I'm a, I mean, it, yeah. this, this is causing mass confusion. And where is it going to stop? And I don't believe, I believe that, that those who push these ideas, honestly, I believe that they have got themselves so far down a hole that they're terrified but they know that they can't turn back now. So sure. they continue to let it just nosedive. And, and they're like, we can't stop this. I mean, once you say it's okay for one thing, well, I can be whatever I want to be. I can do whatever I want to do. You can't say no. And, right. and I mean, that's the society that we're living in. We, it is a, it is a society completely controlled uh, by, by Satan. But that's what we are designed to do. I believe one of our primary callings, raise up that remnant. Uh, you know, we take a lot of hate. We take a lot of persecution. And there's others out there, praise God, who are doing the same thing, who are taking the persecution and, and getting hate mail and all this other stuff. Um, but there's, God has, has designed an, a remnant for this time. And, and that's a big part of our calling is to raise up these kids, uh, these young adults and, and show them that's not who you are. You don't have to bow to this culture. You don't have to fall for that. It's okay to not go with the flow of what all of your friends and everybody at school or, or everybody in society is going, it's okay to not go that route. You can stand firm and say, no, I am focusing on my relationship with God. I believe that the Bible is true and I'm going to stand firm on it. Yeah. And reading, look, I got a few things here. Uh, yet the other day I posted this and it just kind of dawned on me. It, it said, we as Christians cannot celebrate in the delusion of what's going on in America, transgender, LGBTQ, abortion. We need to love these folks. Yes, mm -hmm. we need to ex don't need to accept their lifestyle, but we need to let them know <clears throat> that Jesus loves them. Regardless of their sinful lifestyle, there is a God who loves you, who gave his son for you. And that's what we have to share ultimately. And I think of you talking about that remnant raising up a next generation. I, I this generation Daniel's been on my heart. I go to mm -hmm. Daniel three and I think of um, Daniel and those men. They lived in this this uh, basically plagued society like you see we live in now. They didn't run and hide. They didn't. You got too many of us out there <clears throat> that are just comfortable. And like we said, on our Sunday pew, we're like, well, that's just not my battle to speak out about. about. But I, I strongly disagree because mm -hmm. Daniel and these men lived in that generation where they were told you bow to this, you do this, but they did not. They refused to do all that. They said, we will worship the one God, no matter if he throw us in the fire, no matter if he saves us or not, we will not bow to this culture. So don't be afraid because you got to walk in this world. You, we, I, I can't hide in my office 24 hours a day and be afraid of what's going on in the nation. Yeah. No, I have to, I'm living in this plagued society, but we are called to be the salt and light of this plague society. Like Daniel was, they didn't up and leave 
and go off into a comfortable location. No, they chose to sit there and to refuse to bow. He opened up his windows and praised God. You know what I mean? So be that one that goes out into the world. Dude, you don't have to, you don't have to stand on a street corner with a sign. Mm-hmm. That's not what the Lord's calling you to do. A street preacher, don't do it. But you can easily say, hey, let me tell you about a God who loves you. Or yes. someone may see a difference in you and say, hey, I need to talk to you about some things. And then there's your moment to share Jesus. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. And don't bow to this culture. That's what we see right now, I think. It, it, well, we see it too. I think there's so much going on that fathers and mothers, their kids are lost. And they don't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to handle it. And I'm not in that situation. I have a five-year-old and all she wants to do is watch cartoons and play with toys. She don't worry about, you know, like, but we're very particular about what we let on our, or what we show on our TV. Yep. What we let into our little girl's mind. But we, as parents and and followers of Jesus, we have to love them in that situation. So if you're listening right now and you have a child who's drugs, prodigal son, prodigal daughter, dealing with gender problems. I know I, I speak to Terry Skaggs all the time. He's a Christian therapist in Minnesota. He tells me things. And he said, man, I said, how do you handle this stuff? And he said, well, we have to teach the parents that they just have to love them in this situation. They don't accept it, right. but we have to love them, you know, because that's really in the end, love is powerful. We see mm-hmm. how, you know, the, for the love of God, what, what he's done in my life, you mm-hmm. know, he never gave up on me. You know, in my drunken times, he was still loving me, still had his arms wrapped around me. He didn't condemn me. You know, there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. Yes. He said, you're still my child, but you are living like an idiot. You know, (laughs) and (laughs) really that's what, that's what he always whispered to. So we have to love these folks. We can't celebrate in this delusion of what's going on though, but yes, we can love these people. Welcome and welcome them into church and say our church. We love you. We don't accept this lifestyle, but we're going to share Jesus with you who can break these chains, break this bondage, break this demonic attack on your life and just truly set you free to where, you know, your true identity. Amen. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm so looking forward to uh, pouring into the next generation. Uh, you know, we've got, we've got youth coming from uh, the Carolinas. We got some yeah. from Tennessee, from Mississippi. Uh, you know, they're coming from, from all over and I'm just praising God for uh, the opportunity to pour into them and to man, just share their true identity with them. And I, I, I know that, you know, we're a couple of weeks away from the remnant retreat and uh, you know, we're going to have these, these kids who are going back into school right around this time. Uh, and, and I'm just believing uh, that, that there's going to be such a fire that is set in them that they're going back to their schools. And it's amazing. They're going back to schools from all over the country mm-hmm. and, and there's going to be a flame so hot on them that, that nothing can stop it from burning and that revival just, just flows in those schools, man. I am, I am so excited about what God is going to do. And I know um, we are, we're, raising that Daniel three generation. And these, these kids, they need to know, uh, yes, I don't have to bow to the culture, but when, when you know your true identity in Christ, you know what he's, he's created you to be that he created you. And, and he, Jesus died for you to be just as perfect as he is in the father's eyes. Uh, you know, 
it, it changes things when you really grab a hold of that. When you realize I'm starting from completely whole, I'm starting from perfection. I'm not trying to strive to climb that spiritual ladder of success. I'm starting. I'm starting at the top of that ladder. Uh, you know, it does something to your mindset and, you know, I'm already what the father has called me to be. I'm already just like he sees Jesus. So I can go into this world and I can do the things that Jesus did. I can speak the way Jesus spoke. I have the exact same spirit in me that Jesus was anointed with while he was living here on earth. So yes, I just, Amen. man, I think, uh, I think that we're going to see, uh, some kids really get turned upside down, and I believe that they're going to go out and, and do the same thing in their communities and their schools and around their friends. Yep, yep. We, we, we've talked about the retreat since we planned it back in, Lord, May or June. And, you know, what we have is men and women who are helping uh, be a part of this, going to be pouring into the kids who have experienced the rough parts of life, who maybe have experienced somewhat persecution, um, you know, or, or, you know, Jason dealing with drug issues, you know, myself mm -hmm. and you dealing with <clears throat> the party lifestyle, but man, it's just going to be amazing to really see what the Lord does that weekend. Cause I believe there's going to be something great. I, I do because of the battle that we've talked about, we've been through thus far. Yeah. And we, we, we went through man camp in April. That was life-changing for us. Some prophetic words spoken over us. And to me, that's not coincidence. We talk mm -hmm. about the word of God here. It's not coincidence. You know, you got these men who didn't even know us. They may have mm -hmm. knew that we wrestled or something like that, but they didn't know about our podcast, our ministry, what was in our heart yeah. and the prophetic words spoken. And that was just an eye opener for me of man, the Lord's hands on this. And as soon as we came out of that, I think it was a couple of weeks was like, dude, we should do a, do, we should do a youth retreat. Mm -hmm. And it was a couple of little speed bumps on the way, but it's crazy to see how God worked things out, how people have given money to, to the ministry for us to, you know, be able to feed the kids or whatever. Cause we're not charging a registration fee. Right. This one, you know, yeah. but I, I just, uh, man, I just know that God's going to do something amazing and I'm so excited to see what happens. Uh, you know, we, however many kids show up, we had it cut off at 24. We, we said we'd open, we don't want to turn anybody away, right. but we also want to keep it small to where it is more of a discipleship thing mm -hmm. and doesn't turn into a, you know, a youth party. I mean, I right. see a lot of those happening now, but I, I just, you know, I just believe there's going to be a move of God there on that, <clears throat> you know, camp agape there and, is it Benton, Tennessee? Yeah. Is that the yep. same town? Yeah, man. I mean, just some wilderness times, you know, and uh, hot summer days. But bro, we—I um, don't know—we we got a mission in front of us, Casey, and I think that uh, we're uh, we're about to see some fruit, you know, yeah. from this from this um, just calling on our lives. And I'm excited about it, bro. I'm excited to see what we can, you know, what these kids have on their heart. I'm hoping there's going to be moments they open up a little more because, you know, they kind of get shy, but that's mm -hmm. my prayer moving into this is these kids are, are not afraid to speak and talk about things that are going on in their schools, their lives, you know? So um, that's my prayer for this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I know youth camps, um, you know, they've got different activities and different things and, you know, we've got, there's a, there's a big football field there with, yeah. you know, legit goalpost. I mean, we could, we could, <laughs> run football games, we might have to do uh, – and Cannon won't like this because he enjoys tackling. Uh, but, but we might have flag. to do flag football or, or two-hand touch or something like that. We don't want any injuries. Yeah. 
Uh, and then there's, there's volleyball, there's a big lake, uh, for fishing and, and whatever else. Uh, but you know, our primary goal is, is to really just let the Holy spirit lead and pour in to each and every one. And, you know, we're talking about the, the kids coming out of their changed. I believe that we're all walking out of there changed. I believe we're all coming out with something uh, that's going to be radically different in each one of our hearts. And, uh, you know, I always tell people when, when the Lord is pouring into you, uh, it's your responsibility to pour out into others. And if you are not, if you don't have that outlet, if you are not witnessing to people or, or, you know, ministering in some way, uh, you're going to become like that five gallon bucket of rainwater sitting outside. You're going to get all stagnant. You're you've got all of this stuff inside of you, but if you're not pouring out onto others, uh, you're, you're becoming stagnant. The whole design is for the Holy spirit to pour into you and then for you to pour into others. And so I'm, I'm believing that as we, even as the counselors and the, and the, the, the teachers, as we go into this and we pour into this next generation, I'm believing that, uh, that God's going to fill us with, with all new wine. And, and, you know, we're just going to see uh, some great things coming out of this thing. Man, I, that's my prayer as well. And I think we got to, you know, as we come to a close today, I just, you know, we come out of man camp and there were some little um, team building exercises we did that were fun and interactive, but most of the time it was deep. I mean, it was deep prayer, deep worship, deep study to where it really like kind of gripped your heart and, and made you think, man, I really need to change things in my, my parenting or my marriage life, whatever it may be. And, you know, some people's mentality, I think Casey is, well, you got a group from 12 to 17 or 18, you know, they're a little too young to really kind of get too deep with. And I believe that is a lie from the enemy because yeah. these kids are living in a nation um, where <laughs> there's a lot of deep crap that they're experiencing. Yeah. So you can't sugarcoat the gospel. I mean, there's, we have to pour into these kids and we've been called to do so. And there's going to be fun. There's going to be some activities. We're definitely not going to have the kids, you know, sitting cross-legged in the grass all the time, just listening to us preach. But man, when you listen, I went into the Marine Corps at 18 years old. I was still a boy, Mm -hmm. but they didn't sugarcoat anything in the Marine Corps. Why? Because they knew a couple years later, there's a war going on in Iraq and Afghanistan. So if they were to sugarcoat my training, and just give me some basic, like, Hey, maybe do this, but we're not going to get too deep with you. I'd have went into combat, not knowing how to protect myself, not knowing how to protect my battle buddies, you know, not knowing how to stand against the schemes of the enemy mm-hmm. as it talks about in Ephesians six. So we can't sugarcoat this. We're going into the remnant youth retreat as if we are facing because we are a spiritual attack and a spiritual war going on right now. And we are preparing the next generation to go into battle armed with the armor of God and to be equipped, fully equipped, and there's be no kinks in their armor. So we can't, we can't bro, we can't, we can't hold back. And no. I think you know that. We all know that. Yeah, well, and I, I think it's been a mistake of the church for, for hundreds yep. of years, uh, or I don't know, for a long time, for not addressing things because, oh, well, they're kids. We don't. Listen, uh, I had to have... Uh, the conversation about sex with my kids when they were all nine years old, they were coming, 
they were hearing stuff. They were hearing stuff on the bus and at school, and they were coming home and asking me. And I'm talking slang words. I'm I'm talking words that you know I didn't even use when I was in the world, man. And right. you know, they're like, "What what does this mean? What does that mean?" And you know, we had to sit them down and and have these conversations about God's design for that. But the, the church for far too long is, oh, well, we don't need to talk about sex. We don't need to talk about uh, the, the, the things too deep. We don't need to, you know, we just need to uh, on the surface, little sugar coated message. No, if the church would have been standing up and doing what they were called to do all along, I don't believe that uh, our nation would be in the shape that it's in right now. Uh, So we are, uh, you know, as the Holy spirit leads, we're, we're planning to, uh, to really pour into these kids and it, it's whatever the spirit leads. You know me, I don't have, I don't have lessons wrote out. <laughs> I'll, nope. I'll open, I'll open the word and, and whatever the spirit fills me with at that moment. Hey, boom, yeah. there we go. And, uh, you know, it'll be a good discussion time and a good teaching yes. time and a good, you know, man, I'm just, I'm looking forward to it. And I believe we're going to see great things. Uh, so that is the remnant youth retreat, August 12 through 14, man, we're looking forward to that. Um, while we're on stuff, let's see next Friday, August 5th, global wrestling ministries returns for Friday night fights at the McDonald community center, 130 McDonald school road in McDonald, Tennessee, uh, doors open at seven special bail time of 8 p.m. because this is on a Friday. Uh, admission is still only $5. So this is our first Friday night event. Uh, so everybody keep that in mind. It's not our normal Saturday at 7 o'clock. This is going to be Friday night at 8 p.m. on August 5th. Um, so GWM returns. And uh, we're not going to let the cat out of the bag on the dates and everything yet, but uh, – Somebody else will be returning to GWM pretty soon. <laughs> That's right. I'm still, yeah, we'll, we'll get the date soon. We're going to make sure that everything's set in stone, but we are, uh, no, man. We've had, <laughs> I've had some shows cancellations as everybody's known, but you know, I'm thankful for, for GWM because I can go in there and, and have a good time with that, with those people. It's a godly area, man. And uh, no, we'll, we'll get the dates out soon. I don't want to go on a rant too much. Yeah. But it's going to be yeah. fun. going to be exciting. Definitely. And, and while, while we're talking a little bit of wrestling before we close up. So, uh, did I hear correctly? I don't keep up with it and I know you don't really keep up with it either, but we, we're, we've, we've got friends who, you know, say, Hey, did you hear about this? So did you hear about Vince supposedly retiring? Is is this a work? I I don't, I don't, uh, I personally don't think it's a work. He, you know, with all this stuff that, the scandal or whatever. I don't know much about that. So we won't die, but I do know, I think Vince is coming. It was coming to an end. I mean, he's 77, I want to say, and just, you know, working there for um, the amount of time I did and getting a chance to meet with Vince. um, uh, I don't know. I think it was time for him to maybe step down. I I don't want to say he was pushed out, but um, just, I don't know, man. Sometimes you would talk to Vince and you'd wonder like if there was a little bit of some dementia there, maybe. Mm. So I don't know. Just, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I don't know. That's his baby, so I don't ever see him unless he's gone and died. He's going to have some say. So that's his. That's right. his baby. Yeah. So it's interesting. I, I still won't watch, but <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I don't. I don't have any desire to to really keep up with it either. But uh, no, 
And, and I mean, that's what I warned my trainees about. I said, well, you know, you're getting in this business and uh, some guys can stay a huge fan and be faithful to watch yep. product and, and be watching all the pay-per-views and everything. I said, but on, on how it worked for me, once I got in, I, you know, I would watch here and there, but I didn't really keep up with anything. It was just like, yeah. okay, this is my job. Uh, it's the, 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 the magic in some ways goes bye-bye, you know? Right. So, uh, but, uh, but no, it'll be interesting to see, uh, and hear, you know, what's going on. I hope, um, that, uh, those who step up, which I'm, I'm guessing will be Hunter. Yeah, that's uh, what it seems like has happened. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, I don't know. I know people don't like him, but uh, I I always we didn't have too much interaction when I was up there. But I mean, we he was always cordial and always he's always seemed like he had a mind for the business. And sure. with with what he did with NXT when you guys you know first oh, came yeah. on the scene, I mean, there was some good stuff going on down there. So mm-hmm. it it would be really cool to see. A uh, a good uh, wrestling product comeback. I do agree. I think, you know, like I said, working with Hunter at NXT, I will say he was very fair. Um, he always allowed you to have some input. I mean, there may be things he changed, but a lot of times he was open. Like, what do you think will work here? I mean, that, that's what to me makes wrestling wrestling, not mm-hmm. being painted by numbers. Like, nope, this is how Vince wants it. This is how he wants it. Don't steer from that. If you do, you're in trouble. Like that's just not wrestling to me. So I'm hoping, man, for the for the sake of the business, um, you know, that it gives guys a little bit more creative uh, control. So, yeah. But uh, real quick, June. I'm sorry, not June. <laughs> Wait a minute. Place. Yeah, July 30th, which is tomorrow. Yes. Um, the Creek Church in Cannon, Georgia. So I'll be there speaking for a, um, a family gathering they got going on it's geared towards the youth. So if you're in the area, it's called the Creek Church in Cannon, Georgia. Uh, I'll be there sharing the gospel around, I think, 7 p.m. tomorrow night. So excited about that. And um, I don't have any wrestling shows until August 28th. So we'll worry about that later. As of now. <laughs> As of now. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds good. Everybody, if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, praise reports, or prayer requests, email us at wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com. You can follow us on social media. I've not been too active lately. Uh, Me neither. But uh, either way, we thank you for joining us. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at RealCaseyCage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.